Kia ora e te whanau, no mai hoki mai. This is our last episode and I'm actually really sad because I've really enjoyed our time here today. But we're here again with Rochelle from RP Insurance. Today we're going to be going over business insurance. So yeah. this is something that I need to be learning a lot more about. So I'm excited about that. So can you give us an overview about what business uh, insurance is? Yes. Who needs it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool, kia ora. Uh, business insurance, yes. So, um, again, preface saying that this isn't advice, but two, I actually don't give advice or um, support on business insurance unless it's like a very specific situation and then I might be able to, you know, point you in the mm. right direction of a broker to help you. But I guess my first thing is have a broker. Yeah. Um, it might be easy to go online and buy it. Where it's not easy is to claim on it mm-hmm. if you don't have that support with someone helping you and, and I've been through a few claims with people mm. um, for business insurance and it's it's not as straightforward as, as we'd like it to be and it's just because it's business and nothing is straightforward in business, right? Mm. Um, so overview of business insurance, I guess kind of like house car contents, we, in our head when we start a business, we're like, it's more what we think about. Like yeah. you do kind of think, oh, what do I need to, mm. you know, and, and it's when someone asks you for your insurance. So say like, I guess a builder, if they got a contract with um, a massive company, they'll be like, what's, where's your insurance? Mm. Um, and then that's when the builder, possibly a startup company doesn't have any. <laughs> and then they're like, hey, I need some insurance. And then I've, me. Yeah, and then we run around <laughs> trying to find the insurance and get it all sorted. And, um, and that's what happens. But there is, so many different types and I'm just going to kind of touch on a few different things so for business insurance there are things called liability covers Mm -hmm. there's so many different types of liability but the main ones are um there's it's called a couple of different things but it might be called general liability public liability broad form liability basically all the same thing um and when people have that it's generally to cover their liability if they say damage something at another business mm-hmm. um, in the situation where they're conducting business somewhere. So I don't know if that sounded really like brief, but <laughs> say um, we use the builder example because we're there um, and a builder went to a job site and they were being subcontracted in to do a specific thing and they went there with their workers and mm-hmm. they say um, kicked something. Yep that then affected the electrical system, that then affected the plumbing system, and it all kind of, there was a lot of damage done. Yep. You're liable for that damage because you're the one that did it. Yep. Well, your public liability might come through is that when that starts to get up into the tens of thousands and you can't cover it yourself, um, and that's kind of just the start of it. If someone was injured mm. in a situation, if um, it, it's generally like imagine if you um, – like had an accident within a business and then it stopped all the other businesses in that block being able to access their business. Right. Because and then you, you did be something liable wrong. For You're like liable their for the income? Yeah, the loss of their income, yeah. the damage to their property. Mm. Like there's just so many yeah. things that go with that. So that's usually the first thing people have if there's any insurance, it's that one. Um the other one is not just one, the uh, and the next one would be professional liability cover. Mm-hmm. Professional liability for me uh, is cover for the advice that I give people. So I'm a financial advisor and if I give bad advice, that person could then complain and it could cost 
someone mm. millions of dollars, especially yep. when we're talking insurance, if I've given mm. the wrong advice. So I've got professional liability cover that covers me for the advice that I give. I want to also say that anything intentional is never going to be covered, okay? Um, but it's all, you know, unintentionally doing things mm. that then get you into trouble. Yeah. Um, so that's professional liability. Now, generally, professional liability is limited to people that are giving advice. So, and we talked about lawyers mm. and stuff kind of offline. Um, very different. The risk is very different depending on what your profession is. Um, I've got consultants that kind of, business consult or um you know to corporates etc that might ask for this liability cover Mm. um education consultants sometimes schools will Mm. ask for liability cover as well the um next one that comes up very often is employee liability so if you have got employees that have a full-time part-time contract Mm. uh or even casual uh Mm. that you have a dispute with that's where employer li- and li- employee or employer, depending on how you set it up, may help you. Mm. You got a question? Uh, no, no, no. I was just thinking um, of like different scenarios here, and say like a personal grievance is um, made against like an employer, and like I've known some people who have had to pay like tens, thousands of dollars out to this individual for mm. you know something they've made a mistake as an employer so those are the different scenarios that they would be yeah. covered for yeah yeah right. and that's and that's what you need to be thinking about mm. in that scenario so if you have employees you should have it mm-hmm. um you should also are you also considering uh, statutory liability mm-hmm. so this is um if you unintentionally break government laws slash acts so mm. if you're thinking like the health and safety act mm-hmm. and then that has an impact or yep. Somebody, um, and I'm always thinking like construction here, and the only reason I think that is because it's probably the most common where it comes up in. Yeah. But if you break health and safety laws and then one get caught or two, there's an, you know, there's a consequence has Mm. happened and then people find out. That's where fines and stuff can happen. Mm. Um, And that's where statutory liability could be supportive for you. And the type of cover that you have, be very specific to your business and Mm. this is why I say to people to see a broker because you might you know be like oh I've only been asked for public liability so I'm just going to get that and I'm getting it off the internet and I'll just get a million (laughs) but what if your liability is like 10 million yeah then what do you do Mm. so say you do something um I had a client that used an example they are a carpenter yeah and it's like if I screw through this wall and it's like a a block of flats and it affects all of the flats because of ABC and yeah. there could be gas or, or whatever, I'm not like smart enough or or skilled in that area, but this is kind of how he explained it to me. That's millions and millions and millions. A million's not enough. Mm. Um, and that's where a broker can come in and kind of help you see your risks and then you decide what to cover and how that looks for you. I uh, know when people set up a business and they're like, you feel like you're just... I mean, coming from me as well, yep. you're just hemorrhaging money. Like money's <laughs> just flying out the door for all these things that yeah. you didn't kind of take into account. And um, yeah, I think one thing you wouldn't, you don't want to, especially in business, mm. cut corners on yep. is insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen a few claims come through. Another liability is cyber liability. Mm. So if you're taking customer details, you know, mm-hmm. with the Privacy Act might come into it or mm. packing that type of stuff really kind of important depending on the way that your business is set up Mm -hmm. and um, 
there's more, but that's probably the the main yep. crux of it when it comes to liability, which feels like a lot. And um, again, it will be specific to your business and the risk to you. But most people have a couple of those, <laughs> and then um, and then there might be. This is when we go into assets, mm-hmm. so business assets. It might be all the things that you have. So, got a lot of podcasts, people that I talk to. Yeah. Um, so podcasting equipment, laptops, phones, all of that. If that can't be covered as a limit under your contents insurance for whatever reason, your contents insurers like don't, don't cover business mm. assets. Or their limit's like three grand and you've got $10,000 yep. worth of stuff, then we probably need to start looking at it being in the business cover. Um, might be have stock that you mm-hmm. want to insure as well, mm-hmm. which would be really important. And you're thinking from a flood fire point of view, you lose it all at once, then how do you make that money back? Yeah. You've already paid for it. Uh, vehicles. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a car and it's owned by the business, um, then it should be in a business insurance. Mm-hmm. Now we're, or if business, so... When it comes to business vehicles, a lot of people might mention that that the insurance costs more, mm-hmm. or insurance companies only want to do um, the market value of the vehicle rather than agreed. Do you know what the difference between no those are? <laughs> yep. So and this and this is um, applicable to personal insurances mm-hmm. as well. So um, for car insurance, you can go agreed value or market value. Agreed value is a agreed value that you have agreed with the insurer mm-hmm. and so you know what you're going to get paid at claim time mm. if it's a full write-off yep which honestly when the floods did not take much mm. um so you know that you're going to get that and it's all good to go that's what you pay your premium on market value is the market value of the vehicle prior to it being written off oh okay so that could change it mm. could go up or down and a lot of business insurance policies sit in that. You mm. can ask for a grade, and there's just but there's a few extra things you have to do to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a little bit harder to get. Uh, a lot of people do find it more expensive. Where I would um, challenge you on that is that if you are claiming that vehicle's expenses through your taxes and everything like that, if you're saying it's business use but you're not telling somebody else it's business use, you're really walking a fine line of... Right. So if you're claiming it as a business expense, but you've got it under a personal, a per, as a personal car under your cover, yeah, you're you're potentially not insured, right, and potentially leaving yourself mm. in a position that you could not be covered. Okay. Um. So we can't double dip here. Yeah. Kind of cheaper insurance is personal, <laughs> and then and then and then have it as an expense. I mean, some people can, and people might listen to this and be like, I do that and everything. It's just if you want to do it from a legit point of view and know that you're going to get paid and know that it's set up right, then. That's like that's where you need to go. Cool. So if someone's just starting out a business, is that the point when you should start considering insurances? Do you wait until you've grown a bit, or when's the time that you start to think about business insurance? Yeah, I guess it's it depends. On, again, it's so specific to the business, but you've really got to think about your risk. Mm. Um, yeah, and there's also like there's another one which is business interruption, which a lot of people mistake as being income protection. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's just say um, I've got. We've got a couple of Pilates studios that we look after. So they've got business interruption, which means if, say there's a fire, they can actually not run their business. Yeah. So they're losing income. Yep. But you can't claim that anywhere. So you could have business interruption that would then cover that for you, uh, cover that loss Okay. Um, as well. But when we're starting up a new business, so what I would say is if you're starting a new business, think about like, 
the risk? What do you have physically? What are the assets mm -hmm. to insure? What, um, how do you conduct your business? Are you sitting at home? Do you have customers? Have you got employees? If you're starting to get kind of a little bit on edge, then it's probably that you do need something, but you're not sure. Yeah. Honestly, I just, just talk to other business owners around you yep. that do something similar. Mm. Um, if you don't quite feel comfortable reaching out to a broker. Yep. Um, but I'm always more than happy to chat to people for five, ten minutes and let them know. Like, we had this call yeah, yeah, last yeah. night, right? Um, to let them know, like, what their risks are. Mm. And it's, I'm never going to say to you, you have to have this or mm. scold you or, you know, be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you don't have that. I mean, <laughs> actually, if your car insurance is probably one of the ones that I might say that. Um, <laughs> might judge you. Um, but, you know, like with the business insurance, it is going to be dependable on your business. And as your business grows, you are going to need more. And, I, and you just have to be aware of it mm -hmm. because, you know, what, what the insurance we, you know, I've seen a client go from like $2,000 premiums for a couple of years, but then their business like quadrupled in size and income. And now it's gone from that to a few thousand dollars more. And it was a bit of a, it wasn't a shock because yeah. I'd prepared her for it. Okay. And said, and then I gave her ways to um, reduce those premiums mm. or her risk as well of claiming on it. Mm. So, you know, I know, I know I said at the start that I don't do business insurance, but I do have quite a bit to do with it sometimes. Um, I just love and am passionate about small business, especially Pākehi Māori. I just like to hear about it. I like to talk about it. I'm very into, like, business financials. <laughs> I know it sounds really nerdy because I'm not really a mass person, but, um, yeah, many, many years in business banking, I picked up a, a lot, and mm. I just really enjoy helping people and being a part of their growth in some way, shape or form mm. and watching people grow. So with those um, premiums, what are some of those ways that businesses can reduce the premiums? Yeah, so I guess it's a little bit harder than um, personal insurances mm -hmm. because sometimes they just are. And there's yeah. also minimum premiums out there where you just... You just have to pay that's, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, pay it yearly. Okay. All business insurance is... is set up as a yearly policy. If mm -hmm. you pay it monthly, you are going to pay probably about 10% more. Oh, wow. Um, which makes a difference on yeah. a couple of grand, right? Um, also, that also, that can apply to other insurances. So I would, you know, think about that there as well mm -hmm. as a way to self, save yourself some money. Um, excesses sometimes can help um, if they're a little bit higher mm -hmm. and having emergency funds away for that. Um, and just, I think, reducing your risk so you're not claiming. Mm. And then, because that can affect your premiums as well. Kind of the same as car contents, all of that. One thing I will say is that it's only fire in general, which is business insurance as well, yep. that is affected by claiming. Oh. Um, the life and health insurance is no. Okay. Um, we don't punish you for claiming on your insurance. Because, <laughs> like, I think that would be a Except little... for women, though, like, for the health insurance. Oh, yeah. Well, we're punished for everybody else's claims, like, in a roundabout way, yeah. <laughs> but there isn't, like, a, if you claim on this, you lose your no claims bonus. Yep. There's just no such thing. You, you're you discharged more every year as you age, mm -hmm. which is fun. Mm. So what tips would you give for business owners who maybe don't have any insurance? Not me. Um, <laughs> What should I do? Yeah. So I think have a chat to somebody that you, that does the same thing as you. Yep. Uh, if you're, 
if you find an, a broker or an advisor that you feel comfortable with or somebody at least in the industry you feel comfortable with I might to know talk someone about, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can chat um, who can give you like a few pointers on mm-hmm. things and things to think about without shoving stuff and you, you know, making yeah. you feel guilty because I think a lot of people do when yeah. they start to talk about stuff that they don't have. Yeah. Um, but I would say, yeah, hot tip is just to talk to somebody else that does what you do and see what they have mm-hmm. to cover their risks. Um, if they don't have anything, maybe find someone else. Um, <laughs> and then have a chat to somebody that you trust. Um, and even that person could be anybody else in business that maybe doesn't do what you do. Mm. and they could just explain it to you. But insurance is just one of those things that it's just not common knowledge what it does and what it is unless mm. you work in it. Mm. Um, so find somebody cool to chat to, really. Cool. Yeah. While we're here, what tips do you have for anyone starting out a business just in general? Yeah, I think um, I get nobody's perfect, right? And you actually have to take like a massive plunge. Mm. Like it's a lot of risk. Mm. So I came from corporate of it would have been maybe 13 years 12 years um safe you know salary (laughs) every fortnight and all of that so a few tips from me is do cash flow forecasting Mm -hmm. get an accountant early I know it's pay for it Mm -hmm. it's worth it um understand that you are going to have to eventually pay tax yeah okay that what that's coming in every week or fortnight or monthly or however you get paid is not your money yeah. <laughs> okay there's so many places you need to put that yeah um open a few different accounts mm-hmm. so go to your bank get your main account where everything goes into and then open a few different ones so a tax account a gst account if you want to do that separately mm. and you are going to be paying gst um and then a savings for those future things that you want to do as a business. Like mm. we do quite a bit of saving to do marketing yep. stuff. Um, so, yeah, bank, get your banking set up right and just know that, yeah, probably not half but almost half of what comes in is not yours. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have to pay tax eventually. Start saving for it before you do because you don't want to get caught out in year two, year three where you're then paying tax and provisional tax for the next year. Yeah. Like that's quite stressful. Set yourself up a fund to cover your expenses for a certain period of time that makes you feel comfortable. I think I had like four months, maybe mm-hmm. six, um, where I just had that to the side that I could – I used it to set the business up mm. and when you set up a financial advice business there are so many fees and things <laughs> to pay um, and I get why but yeah so insurance set up costs um, what else did we have getting f- you know photo shoots yeah random things like that <laughs> like um, we, have, uh, we have to get like headshots done mm. a marketing team I cannot express enough how much having like somebody work out your marketing strategy Mm. and your brand with you is so helpful again you're spending money but I refer back to that brand package every single time I post yeah like I just I just know what 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 it is and it means that our messaging and our um, purpose comes across in everything we do yeah Yeah, it's always on yeah I'm always like no that's not on brand (laughs) (laughs) we were actually talking about that last night weren't we about um, making sure that our collaboration is for both of us and they're a little bit different so we have to figure out how we're going to be able to do that how we're going to make that look yeah and and that's the thing is like once you know what that is it's so easy to all of it's just mucking around with Canva yeah um, to do posts right yeah um so I think yeah working out getting get your expenses done and plan ahead cash flow forecasting I just cannot stress that enough 
Because if you don't know what you're going to be making in six months' time, 12 months' time, doesn't matter how long you're in business, yep. then um, that's an issue. Yeah. Uh, because you're going to end up in a – I think being a forward thinker is a specific skill. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have it, find someone who does. Yep. Um, and that, that's, that would be my tip, really, is that um, as business owners, I think we – are kind of like we put ourselves in these situations where we're creating a business and so we have to do everything but knowing what things aren't our skills like for Mm. me (laughs) editing is not my skill so like outsourcing those things that I don't know how to do or that I'm not good at or that I don't have an interest in doing Mm. and even when money's tight so starting off my business like I didn't make money for eight months um, when I started Monty Millionaire and it was it was really just a passion project but until I got to that point I was like okay well I need to save money so that I can actually be able to outsource the things that I'm not good at that I don't know how to do or yeah that someone else can do better. Yeah, and I think, like, because then you can do what you're good at, mm, mm. which for me is multiple things. Like, yeah. it, like I'm an advisor, but I'm yep. also, I do all of our marketing stuff, and I do all of our business planning. Mm. So, you know, like with Philly, I'm like, in two years' time, we're doing this. She's like, okay. And it's like, it's not her thing. <laughs> yep. So if you've got a business partner as well, you know what your strengths are and use mm. them. It's taken us two years to really hone into what, we're really good at mm. and we're just going to stay there like it's they've got to make the most of it mm-hmm. um also if you do have a business partner get a business partnership agreement done early mm. get a lawyer involved mm-hmm. do the partnership agreement so everybody knows how everything works if you yep. decide to go separate ways how it's going to work um if the business has a value mm. get insurance on each other mm. so if i die that's going to affect philly mm. financially Yes. She will then also have to pay out my family. Mm. So we've got insurance on me. Mm-hmm. Um, we have yet to put some on her. We we're waiting for her. She had a recent surgery. So full life insurance, if you're, if you're booked in for having surgery, you've got to wait till afterwards uh. to make sure you're recovered and you're good. Mm-hmm. And then they know what their risk is. So fillies will be put in place soon, which would then go to me. I get all the business and mm-hmm. then I pay out her family. Oh, uh, okay. But us as a brand, yeah, we affect each other's income mm. because um, – you know, I do that, but then she does a lot of our compliance stuff. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, is that if you're in an industry that requires compliance and paperwork and everything, if you're not good at it, find someone who is. Yes. Yeah. What else would you say? Like, I'm sure you've got. <laughs> yeah, I think knowing knowing your strengths is a really big one for, for me at least. I think um, a lot of growing a business, I think, also is about, like, having the courage and kind of confidence to know that the stuff that you are good at you can do and actually just like doing it because I think a lot of the time like I will like doubt myself like oh I'm not good at that or I'm too young or whatever but actually just having the confidence to do it and actually giving things a go because half the time you don't actually know the outcome until after you've done it yeah um that would be another tip of mine yeah and I think like you like your confidence like you like I said before, you don't seem 19, not, and it's got nothing to do with how you look. It's the confidence and that mm. um, maturity that you have as well. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> do you know, um, and I was saying, like, I had deal with a lot of, um, especially at the moment, there's a lot mm. of imposter syndrome yep. stuff happening because we are, in, do you know, we are exactly where I planned for us to be oh. a year ago, two yep. years ago. Like, we are, we were, and we're living it. Awesome. Um, and when I say we're living it, like I'm not saying we're making like stupid amounts of money. Mm. We're not. It's like that's got nothing to do with mm-hmm. it. We're a successful business, but we are making the we've 
had the right relationships with people, yep. connections. We've got amazing clients that no one trusts us. Mm. We've got a brand that we love and enjoy and we want to get up every morning and mm. do our job. And I think I just never have ever had this in, in any other role. Yeah. Um, but business ownership isn't for everyone, so no one yep. is not. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you want your sick? Yeah. Do you want your sick days, and you want um, your holiday pay? Yeah, and your extra employee benefits, and you Ooh, want what's that? Yeah, <laughs> lunch breaks, um, <laughs> public holidays. Like yeah. I never know when public holidays are. <laughs> so I'm working on Monday, and everyone's at home, like my mm. da- my daughter and my partner, and just every time, and they've said to me, they're like, "Can you put this in public holidays in your calendar, please?" And I'm like, "To be fair, I probably still work. I just yeah, I you've got to plan those things out, yeah, and you've got to know if you don't work, you don't make money." Yep. So prepare to hustle. I feel like I'm in like a rare, I guess, like scenario because not many uni students are doing this, but like as a uni student, a business owner, and I'm still working at a law firm. So, you know, I'm doing all things. I was talking to one of my friends the other day and I was like, wait, is it a uni holiday? And she was like, how do you not know it's a uni holiday? Like you go to uni. I was like, I don't know. I just like watch my lectures at night time and like I can't keep up. Like when she was like, we've been on a uni holiday for like a week and a half. It's almost finished now. And I was like, are you serious? Like I just didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, and it's a, it's a sign that you love your business. <laughs> yeah. like, that's what I think it is anyway. But yeah. my partner sometimes I'll be cooking dinner because mm. we um, and I think this is actually another tip: get everybody around you on board yes. with what you're doing. Yep. So people need to support you because if they don't, mm. it honestly it has such a big effect on yep. you and your business. Like mm. it comes through really. So my partner is super supportive. My daughter knows. The thing is this as well is that I'm around more for my daughter than I've ever been. Mm. And being a teenager has yep. a good year, I'll tell you right now. Those <laughs> parents out there, good time to be around them when they're teenagers mm. because then you know everything that's going on. Not everything <laughs> because we don't need to know everything, but just enough that they're safe. Yeah. Um and having that support. But my partner and I we don't alternate but we choose so many nights per week that we cook. So we do three each, we mm. choose our meals and that's how we do our shopping. Yeah. But I'll be like, I've got work this night, this night, and I'll cook the other nights. While I'm cooking, if there is like a 15-minute, you know, let it simmer for 15 yeah. minutes or pop it in the oven for 40, I'll be doing emails in yeah. between them just to get <laughs> things off my desk. So the next morning I can go to the gym, I can mm. fluff around till 10 a.m. And then and it's a nice slow morning, yep. especially if I've had a busy day, then I'll give myself a slow morning the next mm. morning. And you've kind of just find that balance, I guess. Mm-mm. Yeah. Balance. Oh, that would be my tip that I didn't really understand at the start of this business journey because I think I was like in this like hustler's mindset and we're like, you know, do it now. Um, and I think the quote that I actually always like when I was growing up, I always um, follow this and it was, I'll do today what others won't, so I'll have tomorrow what others don't. And I think, you know, like I love it in some ways. It's but that hustle also, energy that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I th- and like I get where you're coming from and I know when you need to work, yeah, work. Mm. When, you know, we we live this whole live to work thing Mm. instead of work to live. Yeah. Like there's a way to do it and I just don't jump into, like a business is just a full-time job that you can't get out of. Yeah. So if you have to work, you know, incredibly hard for a few, it depends what your end goal is. Mm. Like mine is not to be rich. So Mm. mine is to be, like mine is really an enjoyable life when mm-hmm. I look back I did all the things that I wanted to do and I had a good time and there might have been hard stuff but I overcame it yeah or being able to be there for my kid being rich really isn't doesn't kind of yeah. fit anywhere in there but some people even being a millionaire like that's an asset like and, yeah. and income so mm. 
that's not when I talk about rich. I, I'm just like rich, rich, you mm. know. I just, I just think that the hustle for me has already been. Mm. I did it all with my kid, like to be yeah. a mum. I think and and survive being a teen mum. But I think, especially as Māori, we are so good at living in survivor mode because we've been surviving for so long. I think it's time to thrive mm. without having to kill ourselves in the process. Yep. And I think that actually brings me on to another one, which I've kind of just realised recently, and it's whatever personal issues you're kind of like suffering from in your own life, they show up in bright colours within your business. Oh, yeah. And one example is, um, I guess, not valuing yourself. And so if you're not doing that in your personal life, how do you think that you're going to go into a business world and start valuing your products or your services and charge what you're worth? Like yep. that's one big thing for me that I never really realised because I wasn't doing it in my own life. And so when I was going out to like sell things or actually um, give people my um, fees, obviously they weren't going to be actually genuine to what it was because I wasn't doing that in my own life. So figuring out how to... I guess, get help for those things in your own life because they do have benefits in your business as well. Yeah. Which is, yeah, something I... agree. I, I think business and life coaching mm. um, can be really helpful. Obviously find someone, <laughs> find someone that you connect with. Be very careful about people you find on the internet, <laughs> what they charge you. But um, even though I found mine on Instagram, but I think, um, yeah, find something that you, you, yeah, that can, if you can afford it and it gets to that point, there's sometimes it's just helpful to have somebody kind of help with that personal growth, because if you don't grow, you won't grow in business. I agree. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, the fake it till you make it will only make it so far. You'll manifest what you think of yourself. Yeah. Um, and it'll keep showing up. Totally agree. <laughs> Do you have any other tips for anyone? Or maybe that, anyone wanting to get into like an insurance space or a financial space. That's actually a very good point because we need more people. Yes. Um, and we need more. Māori people um, yes. and Pacifica uh, because what it is is um, you're more likely to talk to somebody, not everybody, but you're more likely to talk to somebody and understand somebody and connect with somebody if you can see them in your life, yeah. if they look like you. Yeah. So I've, um, I've never had leaders in this business that were that for me mm. and I would hope at some point I would be that for somebody else. Um, just to think, I remember being working um, when I worked at a bank and I was in a role that I guess um, people would have looked at and been like, wow, you know, that's cool that you do that, like if you worked in the bank. Mm. So I'd have tellers that were Māori that would be like, oh, you do, you're, you're, you're a business manager. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like that's what I do. And we were kind of like did our own thing, business managers. You know, you would, it was like a, you know, you had your, your clients and you looked after them and, and you weren't necessarily fully involved in the branch at all times. Mm. So they would just see us as these people who had, like, a lot of freedom. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm like, it's something that you could do too. Like, it's, you know, they just looked at it at this long-distant yep. thing. I would love to see more people get into finance from a perspective of that it is a – it's a long-lasting career. Yep. Um, you don't necessarily have to go out into business. There are so many um, – entry level roles mm. that you can jump into and banking I think that's because that's where I started my career as a teller there's so many ways that you can grow as a person and professionally through going through those roles mm. you also learn how like the simple things like emailing people back the yeah. same day <laughs> um crazy how many businesses don't do that yep you know um I've got like a sundowner policy which I was taught to me so mm. many years ago 
is if I had an email come through that day, I need to reply to that person before the sun goes down. Mm. Now, I don't actually um, need to fix their situation. Yep. Just acknowledge it? Just acknowledge it. Yep. Hey, I got your email. I'll get back to you by this time. Mm-hmm. And I give myself plenty of time. Mm. So then I'm always over, you know, over delivering yep. um, on the situation and then not the other way around. Yep. But I would say in finance, I think we, we need more people to come in because we need the diversity. We need, we need Māori people and Pacifica people and anybody that feels uncomfortable walking into a bank mm. to be, you know, like, you, I don't think everyone's completely comfortable, but just to walk in and be able to open an account yeah, or call somebody to get insurance advice or mm. whatever. We just need more of that. Yep. And I think if you want to be um, a financial advisor, Getting a little bit of corporate knowledge or industry knowledge is going to really help you in the future, especially if you want to be self-employed in that space. Mm. But otherwise, honestly, if you just want to go for it, go for it. Do your study. Come see, like, on, come to me if you need some tips or whatever. Um, be very careful in the industry, I guess, in what you listen to in regards to how things need to be done. Yep. There's been a process for so many years mm. that everybody's followed, and this is how you do it, and this is, and we don't do it any of those ways at RMP. We have mm. done everything the complete opposite to people to what <laughs> they told us. Yep. They said you shouldn't do that, you can't do that, you aren't going to be successful if you do this, and we've done all the things, and we're still here, and we will Thriving. be for well, yeah, we will be for a long time. So, um, yeah, don't let it put you off. The study, by the way, to be a financial advisor is very boring. Mm-hmm. Um, How long is it? I actually don't know. I did mine in oh, 2018, 2019, a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not the same version, but I did mine being a business manager at the same time. So I studied mm-hmm. at night and weekends mm-hmm. to get through it. But generally it's a year. Yeah. I think most people can do it within six months if it's kind of full-time study. Okay. Um, but it's all online. You can do it through, I believe, Open Poly or Strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you do is you do the base financial advice and then you choose a strand. So mm-hmm. you could do mortgages or you could do life and health or you could go down the investment side of things. It's just not as fancy, if you've ever studied, um, you'll know. It's just not as fancy as and or as fun as it sounds, but you will pick up a lot of core information that you'll need. And then the practical side of it can come with either working in a business mm. um, with somebody or... Um, having like a mentor or working in a corporate business, those those things can help. If you work in corporate, sometimes depending on the, the business, they might actually put you through the study. Mm. That's an option. But everyone, yeah, in that space, you have to study and you have to be registered if you give financial advice. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Could be a potential future for Māori Millionaire. <laughs> yeah, love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rochelle, for being here again for our last episode I have learnt so much today and I'm really grateful for you being here and to RMP Insurance for powering these episodes. Um, Yeah, I'm really, really grateful for you coming up here all the way from Christchurch and I've learnt so much. Like, I'm so happy and I'm going to be going home and really digesting everything that I've learnt and taking in... um, absorbing all those tips that you've shared so thank you and thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode and yeah, yeah thank you uh kakite